0: Four Oaks Kalarn. good to be here. Um, Welcome to day number two of our journey through the book of Exodus, a follow-up to our series in Genesis as a church family on Sunday mornings. And um, just as a reminder, these are captured for posterity, so if you missed any of the previous episodes, or in this case yesterday's episode, um, you can go back and look at that on the church website or the Facebook page what have you but without further ado let me read our passage this morning and then pray for us and just to connect where we were yesterday moses sort of picks right up where he left off from the end of genesis here joseph and his family 70 tiny little people um, in this huge land of the most massive country most powerful country in the world and um, this is not their home but God is preserving them to bring them back home at a future date and now it is 400 years later Joseph has died the brothers have died Um, but as we saw last time God has been faithful to preserve his people to keep his people they have multiplied they have blessed they have spread out but now we're going to see in in this next section of Exodus where god's point of incredible faithfulness to the people of israel the point of of blessing immense blessing also becomes their greatest trial and their point of greatest suffering so let me read our our passage this morning just seven verses or so and i'll pray we'll jump in now we're going to begin in verse eight exodus one now there arose a new king over egypt who did not know joseph and he said to his people behold the people of israel are too many and too mighty for us come let us deal shrewdly with them lest they multiply and if war breaks out they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens they built for pharaoh's store cities pithom and Ramses. but the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad and the egyptians were in dread of the people of israel so they ruthlessly made the people of israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field in all their work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves let's pray lord um give us insight into your word this morning Let us remember Paul's words from 1 Corinthians 10, that these stories were given for our benefit, for our wisdom, for our sanctification. And Lord, they were given for us to to know you better. And so Lord, go before us now, bless our time of study in your word. It's in your name we pray, amen. So so verse seven tells us, um, even though God's, um, even though Joseph had died, his brothers had died. Um, it's now 400 years later. Nonetheless, God's blessing his, his people, the church. He's gathering them up. They're, they're increasing. They're multiplying. Um, he's building them. But then in verse 8, is, there's this ominous tone, right? Verse 8, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Now, this is a little bit of play on words. It doesn't mean that one day the temple court and the pharaohs and their entourages one day they were like we know all about joseph and we're protecting um, his descendants in honor of his service and labor to us and then shazam the next morning they totally forget about him it's like amnesia that that's not what this is meant to signify Um, most likely we know that that joseph ministered in the um in the era of what are called the the Hyksos pharaohs, okay? This was an, um, an, a group that was from the, the Asia mainland who had come and conquered um, Egypt at the time, had installed their own set of rulers and pharaohs and had ruled over, and I don't know how long they had ruled over, hundreds of years, I think, um, over the land of Egypt, okay? And so Joseph rose to power during one of these, these Hyksos rulers, But there arose a time in Egyptian history um, after this where the native Egyptians rebelled and they overthrew the Hyksos rulers, pharaohs, kicked them out and reestablished the native Egyptian dynastic rule. And this is a point of Egyptian history that's much celebrated, much chronicled. And so obviously as these new reign of pharaohs and people um, who kicked out these Hyksos rulers who were from Asia, here, here they find themselves in, a, in, a, in the same place, in the same habitation as these strange um, foreigners, Okay, who are also from the Asia Minor area. And, of course, that would be the Hebrews, the, the Israelites. And, of course, they're not interested in honoring the arrangements and the... Uh, the friendly alliance between the Egyptians and the Israelites. In fact, they, they look completely askance at it, right? What does it say? It says, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us, right? They're, they're a threat. They're a clear and present danger. It tells us in verse 10, if war breaks out, they're going to join our enemies. They're going to fight against us. And, and you can understand their, their reasoning here and, and their thought process. And so, so it doesn't mean that they literally forgot. In fact, they, they in fact, in some ways, remembered all the more who these, who these Israelites were, that they were foreigners in this strange land, that they feared them, and that they would take up arms against them. So, so they devised a scheme, right? It says in, this, in the passage, uh, therefore, they set testmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. So in other words, They enslaved them. They made them slaves. And and, and imagine sort of the cultural shock this must have been for the people of God, right? They went from 400 years of immense favor. They were given the choices of land. They settled in Goshen. They were given favor with the government. They were basically, the government basically let them have free reign, have the choices of land, worship the way they wanted to worship practice um, their worship to God the way they wanted to practice. They, they had immense favor, and then they went from sort of penthouse to outhouse in just a matter of of moments, of days, and this transition of power. And so it says the Egyptians afflicted them. They set them as slaves, and it, they had them do all sorts of things, and it seemed that they're there, and this is going to come into to play later, but their primary job as slaves was to build, was to, be, um, to to cast mortar and brick, and to build cities and pyramids. And their, their, the rationale here was if we enslave the Israelites, we'll so demoralize them, we'll so discourage them. We will, we will so kind of put them under the thumb that, that one, they'll just be too tired to procreate. We'll separate husbands and wives and families, and there won't be opportunity to procreate and they won't even want to procreate because they're so oppressed and and remember one of God's central missions for the people of Israel was that they would indeed would be fruitful they would multiply they would be his representatives on earth and so the Egyptian rulers were going right at the heart of this and 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 trying to undermine the very mission of the people of God now this of course backfired right look at verse 13 so they ruthlessly made the people of israel work as slaves and they made their lives bitter with hard service okay yet okay it says the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad now remember when when moses is writing this to the israelites okay he's he's writing this to them after they had come out of egypt after they were on their way to the promised land and he was, he was writing all these, the book of Exodus, to, to chronicle their history so they know where they came from, what they were doing. And remember, a big part of, of the temptation of the Israelites in the wilderness at this time was let's go back to Egypt. We had it easy. Um, we're out here dying and starving and thirsting to death and all being stung by scorpions and serpents and all these sorts of things. And Moses is reminding them where they came from what their original mission was and how egypt was not their home now there's 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 so many spiritual lessons from this okay but let me try to parallel it with uh, maybe some things that we are experiencing culturally what i find interesting is is knowing or noting how the israelites did not respond to this oppression did not, res- did not respond to their freedoms being take away- taken away or their rights um, um, being held over them. They, in other words, they didn't riot. They didn't protest. They didn't have a revolution. They didn't return evil for evil. Um, they were not posting on social media and questioning why God had abandoned them. Or bemoaning the fact, okay, that that the land they were inhabiting was going to hell in a handbasket to the secularist or, or secularist or 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 those who were anti-God. They they didn't do any of that, right? They 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 instead doubled down on their mission. Um, instead of directing anger, ire, hostility, okay, at the culture and the government around them, they dedicated themselves to being on mission all the more. They worked hard. They were faithful. Um, They were fruitful. They multiplied. They kept worshiping God. Um, No, this doesn't mean that they loved being slaves or were not greatly afflicted. We're going to find in later chapters, they cried out to God in their affliction. We're we're not saying that they were robotic, okay, or that they were unfeeling or, or what have you. What we're simply saying is, is that they continued to hope and trust in god they continued to be faithful they were not deterred from their work and this is a great reminder for us in this season when as christians um, some might really perceive we are on the outs culturally that we no longer have the favored nation status Um, no longer is everyone operating from this um, holistic biblical worldview where even if you believed in Jesus or not everyone still had the same moral convictions the same moral values the the same orientation to life and and in our time because we are no longer in that place um, we went from uh, favored nation status to there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph okay and we can kind of feel that way Um, that the tables have turned, one, we want to recognize that that is true. That is true, culturally the tables have turned. Um, um, We are no longer in the favored nation status as the church, as faithful Christians. The question though becomes, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we engage? How are we to think about this? Um, we, We need to understand that the very things that God blessed The nation of israel with in terms of their faithfulness became their greatest points of suffering but yet their greatest points of suffering became their greatest points of faithfulness and mission and and this is helpful for us to understand that that god has called us to be less concerned okay if that's the right word or fretting or worried or anxious about what is happening out there and more, much more concerned about who we are as the people of God and what he's called us to, okay? What he's called us to in terms of our worship, what he's called us to in terms of our community, what he's called us to do in terms of our gospel witness, our service, our evangelism, our faithfulness, our marriages, our parenting. All of those things, okay, um, often don't get our attention because it's so much easier to locate our problems out there. And there are problems out there but but god says i've got that okay what i want you to do okay is not place your hope on any human remedy but i want you to place your hope in me i want you to follow me i want you to be obedient to me i want you to be on mission for me i will take care of the rest right and as we're going to see god indeed takes care of the rest but it's God taking care of the rest not men and women in their own strength by their own devices in their own wisdom taking matters into their hands and so it's just a reminder as we enter this new year as we enter this new uh cultural political season that the priority for God's people will always be to pray to seek God to ask him how to be faithful in the context of our lives how to how to lead quiet lives in the sense as paul tells timothy so that we are a gospel witness okay so that people can see what animates us is it the gospel is it jesus or is it a political cause or is it a cultural happening that's going on over here and and one of the great lessons it seems to be here is that that The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread abroad, in other words, the more resolute they came, they they seemed to be the people of Israel to being obedient, to following God, worshiping him, and being faithful in the context of their lives. So much richness there. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't called to live shrewdly and wisely, okay, in this hostile culture. And as we're going to see with the Hebrew midwives tomorrow, this is very much, in fact, what they do. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what it means to, as we are faithful to God's calling in our own lives, what it means, how we're to engage and interact with a hostile culture around us in a way that honors God, um, but is also wise and discerning. So tomorrow, the Hebrew Midwives. All right, let me pray for us, and we'll go from this place. Lord, um, it's so hard when we see so much wrong and broken out there to want to fix it, to want to take matters in our own hands, to want to look to human solutions, political solutions, cultural solutions, when in reality we, we, we learn much from the people of Israel. They just kept obeying. They kept just being faithful. They kept being obedient, seeking to honor you and please you. So, Lord, now we pray that we would have the same heart, the same mind, as we go about um, our day and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, see you guys. Same time, same station tomorrow. Exodus 1, we'll pick it up in verse 15. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye.